When I was a kid, my parents tortured me by taking me to museums. Wherever we'd go on vacation, my parents would find these sometimes odd, strange, boring museums. My dad likes art because he's weird. And we would go to art museums and we'd go and, oh, look at this piece from, from 1495. I don't really care. I'm 12 years old. Can I just get back to my Super Nintendo? We go to all these history museums. I'm walking around like all these historic sites. And here's where, and I'm just like, I, oh man, this is brutal. You know, like we actually have some photographs in some of our family albums of me and my brother, and sometimes even my mother sprawled out on the floor of these museums. We got so tired of walking around, we just parked it right on the floor. And then my dad's coming around. Oh, look, there's my family. You know, we got pictures of us just laying there, just waiting for my dad to get done, touring all these old museums. And now that I'm a father, I take my kids to museums. (laughs) And you know why I do this? Because I put in my time. And now they're going to put in their time. And that's one of the privileges of parenting, that you get to torture your children in the same way that you were tortured. Am I right? Right? I had to endure this, so you're going to have to endure this. I don't really care much about art, but I love seeing my kids struggle. (laughs) I love seeing them endure the same way I had to endure. And I just tell them, I had to do it, and so you're going to have to do it. Museums, man, I actually enjoy a lot of them now. I've come to love history. And uh, so I try to make it interesting for my kids. Sometimes it just doesn't work, but I don't know if you've ever had that experience. You know, it's, it's, it's fascinating though, as you actually think about viewing things from the past or, or contemplating things from the past, all of us actually have a museum that we carry with us. It's the museum of the mind. Actually, I mean, if you think about it, this is true. Every single one of us carry a museum with us with images, thoughts, voices from the past that still speak to us, impact us even today. You know, the mind is a museum of memories. And some of you will never forget some things that happened to you You'll never forget some things that were said to you or that you said to someone else. You'll never forget about someone that walked out on you or someone who never walked in for you. Your mind is a museum that sometimes reminds you of of something that was said about you years ago. Voices that still trouble you or discourage you even today. Sometimes your mind is a museum 
of good, where you, you reflect back on some good things that you did or some good things that you experienced and you still look to those aspects of this museum of memories to prop you up and to convince yourself that, that you are somebody today. I call this the Uncle Rico syndrome. If you've seen the great movie, Napoleon Dynamite, Uncle Rico is a guy who just can't get past the past. He, he, he's just plagued by the memory that he was never inserted as the starting quarterback on his high school football team. And he's convinced himself that if, that, 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 that if he had just started as a high school quarterback, he would have gone pro, man. And there's people like that. Their, their, their memories serve to prop them up in really an insecure kind of way. And so whether your mind serving as a museum of memories of something that discourages you, or whether your mind's a museum of memories of something that's inflating your ego, we all carry a museum with us. It's a museum of memories. And there are many people today who can't get past the past. And I, and I just want you to know that when you can't get past your past, you can't get into the future that God has for you. And we're talking about different voices that speak into our lives. And we've talked about voices of opinion and voices of comparison and voices of disappointment and unmet expectations. Today, we're gonna to talk about voices of the past because every single one of us have a past. <laughs> That's one thing that all of us share in common. Every single one of us have a past. And, and sometimes we endure things in our past that still plague us in the present and keep us from where we need to be in the future. And so I wanna give you a, a simple takeaway today, but this is, I believe, profound and something that, that we need to understand and we really need to apply to our lives. Listen to me carefully. If you don't let your past die, it won't let you live. If you don't let your past die, it won't let you live. And some of us have been through some really troubling things in our past, something related to our parents, something related to our childhood, something related to a marriage, something related to family, children, something related to career, something related maybe to a friend circle where again, something was said that was so painful and so difficult that it, it stuck with us. And, and all of us have a past and all of us carry a museum of memories in our minds that at times can hinder us, discourage us, and detour us from the path that God has established for us. And so the simple reality is if we don't let our past die, it won't let us live. And one of the neat things about how God has worked through his people over the years is, is, is this balance that the Lord seeks to maintain of of reflecting on the past and where we've been without allowing it to detour us from where God wants us to be in the future. This happened with Israel. This happens with us. It happened with some of his choicest servants in the New Testament. You know, we just see it throughout human history where God is always trying to move his people forward. And there are certain situations where what impedes our progress is our past. That museum of memories gets the best of us and 
and it discourages us. Maybe you're here today and there are some voices that surface from your past that discourage you and detour you from where God wants you to be. And today I wanna show you how you can move past the past into the future that God has for you. And I wanna take you back to Isaiah 43 in one of these moments where God is challenging his people to move forward. And so if you have a copy of God's word, just go with me to Isaiah 43. And what you're gonna find is, is a time in Israel's history when they were in captivity. They were, they, they, they were under the rule of the Babylonian empire. They were in a really precarious situation. They, they had made a lot of mistakes. They had worshiped other gods. They conducted themselves in immorality. And therefore God was taking them through a season of pruning so that their hearts would be turned back toward him. But in the midst of their discouragement and despair, in the midst of their frustration, we, we find that God has a word for them to encourage them and to, and, and to keep them moving forward, even in the midst of their very troubling situation. And, and here's what God says to his people. He, he says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your King. This is what the Lord says, the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through raging water, who brings out the chariot and horse and the army and the mighty one together, for they lie down and they do not rise again. They are extinguished, put out like a wick. This is what this great God who has done these glorious things says to you. Check this out. Do not remember the past events and pay no attention to the things of old because behold, I am about to do something new. And even now it's coming. Do you not see? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, wild animals, jackals and ostriches will honor me because I provide water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people I formed for myself. They will declare my praise. God says, I am at work. And I'm at work. In your current situation, Israel, in, in, in your discouraging situation, in your, in your frustrating situation, I am at work to move you forward into a glorious future. And so we learn some things here concerning how to move past our past into a bright and better future. First of all, make a note of this. We have to remember God's faithfulness in our failures and his sovereignty in our successes. Listen, you're here today and there's some voices of the past that discourage you, that trouble you, that speak lies to you. Listen, make a note of this. You, 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 have, to, you have to remember, you, you have to focus on the fact that your God is faithful to you in your failures and he's sovereign in your successes. Let me say it to you this way. So often, our past and our problems loom so large in our present because our God seems so small. And I wanna remind you today that our God is not small. Our God is faithful. He is faithful in our failures. He is sovereign in our successes. 
Our God is glorious. Our God is in control of all things. Our God has a plan and a purpose. And I'm telling you, the first thing you have to do to overcome your past and these voices of the past that speak into your life in the present to try to keep you from a glorious future, the first thing you have to do is rediscover an accurate, beautiful, glorious view of God. God is so much bigger than, than, than we often think. Listen, he, he is wonderful and amazing and sovereign and glorious and faithful in our failures and even in the failures of others. Listen, let me take you back to Isaiah 43. Notice how the Lord starts. Listen, he, he starts with just a reminder about how great he is. So often our circumstances just seem so big and so significant and we forget that our God is bigger, right? More glorious, right? And so the, the Lord's speaking to his people. They know this, but he's reminding them, hello, I am the Lord, your Holy One. I'm the creator of Israel. I am your King. I created all things. I control all things. I govern all things. I am the Holy One, the majestic one, the glorious one. I am God and I'm in control of the world that I've made. And so then he goes on, he says this. So, so this is what the Lord says. But then before the Lord says anything, he has another reminder parenthetically of who he is. So I am the Lord. I am the, I am the glorious one, the holy one. I am the creator of Israel. I am your king. And this is what the Lord says. This is what I say. Oh, by the way, the Lord, dot, 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 who makes a way in the sea and a path through raging water. I am the Lord who parted the sea so that the children of Israel would walk across on dry ground. I am the Lord who has delivered his people miraculously time and time and time again. I am the Lord who caused the walls of Jericho to crumble with a few music boys marching around it. I am the Lord who has delivered Daniel from the lions. I am the Lord who have caused an ax head to float. I am the Lord who has revealed his glory to Pharaoh through the signs and wonders that I revealed there in that day and time. He's just saying, I am the Lord. I am in control of all things. I have proven time and time again that there is nothing too difficult for me. And before the Lord gets to his word of instruction, he's reminding his people that he is bigger than any memory, any mistake, any failure, because he is faithful. He is in complete control. And he has a wonderful plan and a wonderful purpose. I just want to encourage you today, whenever you struggle with that museum of memories that seeks to discourage you, to recall to mind in those moments, the greatness and the majesty of your God. There is nothing too difficult for him. He is always at work, even when it seems like he's not. He has a plan and a purpose that is glorious. And, and that was true for Israel, even in their distress. Hear God saying to his people, I mean, in essence, you know, like, yeah, you messed up. Yeah, I'm pruning you. Yeah, I'm disciplining you. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get you back. But, but make no mistake about it. If you just focus on the past, you're going to miss the future. Look, I am the Lord. I am, I am your king. I am your creator. I have delivered you through raging water. And I didn't do all that to 
to abandon you now. We need to recapture the greatness of God and the faithfulness of God in our failures and even the sovereignty of God in our successes. You know what that does? It just keeps us tethered to his glorious plan for us. And when those memories of failure come to mind, whether your failure or someone else's, it's just helpful to remember, you know what? In the midst of my failure or someone else's failure, my God is faithful. When you lean into that Uncle Rico syndrome and you think, okay, I'm gonna prop up my identity, my fragile identity by, you know what? Yeah, this is what I did in college. This is where I went and what I did. And this is the sport I played. And this is what I accomplished. When you, when you seek to pull up those memories that wanna prop up your identity in an insecure kind of way, hey, would you just recall to mind that, that the same God who's faithful in your failures is sovereign in your successes. In other words, you are who you are by the grace of God. Whether in failure or success, you are who you are by the grace of God and you matter in this life because you matter to the God who created you and the God who is sovereign over you. God says, Israel, do not forget, I am your creator, your sustainer, your king. That's why Isaiah says this in Isaiah 61. I just love this. Look at this encouragement. The spirit of the Lord, God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the, and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn. You just see God speaking to those who are hurting, speaking to those who are grieving, speaking to those who have been through some things in their past that are, that are, that are, that are, that are still like, like, like hurting them in the present. Look at this, this is my God. Isaiah is saying, this is God's called me to, to preach a good word to these people and, and, and to comfort those who mourn. And he says to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Boy, what a good word that our God gives beauty in exchange for ashes. He says to, to give festive oil instead of mourning and splendid clothes instead of despair. And they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify him. Yes, we all have a past. And some of those memories in that museum of the past still sting. But it's important to remember our God's faithfulness and our failures and our so his sovereignty and our successes. And just to know that we are who we are by the grace of God and this God who's been faithful to deliver in the past will be faithful to deliver in the present and the future. Our God is God. Secondly, make a note of this. This God then calls us to be mindful of our past without being defined by it. We gotta get a right picture of God, who he is, how he works in the world, how faithful he is in our failures and sovereign he is in our successes, just how good God is to work in and through us, even amidst all of the trials and difficulties that we endure. But, but here's the thing, this, this God then calls us to be mindful of our past without being defined by it. You see, you can remember the past without dwelling in it. Let me show you a good word here. I, I mean, just, just a great word from 
from Colossians chapter three. This is, this is the apostle Paul talking about our life. Now check this out for, if you're a Christ follower today, let me give you a good word. You died in Christ. With that moment of your salvation, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Here's what that means. At the moment of your salvation, when you turn from your sin and you embrace Jesus as your savior, your life was hidden in his righteousness and glory so that God the Father no longer sees your past. He no longer sees your failure. He no longer sees your mistakes. He only sees the beauty and the majesty of his son that you are hidden behind. He sees you in the same way he sees his son. Isn't that good news? Man, that's good news. Your father doesn't see you the way others see you. Your father doesn't see you based on who you used to be or what you used to do or what you used to say or what someone did to you or said to you or, or how someone may define you or did define you. Your father sees you in the same way he sees his son because your life is hidden in Christ. And when he appears, you will appear with him in glory. That's why, by the way, when we baptize, we take people under the water. You know why we symbolize that? It's just, it doesn't save you, but it symbolizes God's salvation in your life. You know, you know why God has given us this, 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 this means of public proclamation? Because, because when, when, that, when that person goes under the water, they're symbol, symbolically proclaiming to the world, I am now dead to my past. And when they come up out of that water, they're saying, I'm alive, Christ. That's who you are in Christ. Amen. That's who you are. And so, and so listen, here's the Lord's instruction to Israel. Okay. Let me, let me take it back to Isaiah 43. Okay. This is just the one word of instruction. So he, the Lord reveals his glory, just reminds his people of who he is and how great he is. And then he says this, he says, so, so therefore don't remember the past events and pay no attention to the things of old. This instruction's not like literally forget, okay? Because there's some things you just can't forget. Some things that you've done, some things that others have done, some things that you've said, some things that others have said, you're never gonna forget them. But here's what God's saying, don't be stuck there. You can, re, you can recall your past without dwelling in your past. And God's saying to Israel, yeah, you've made mistakes. You've acted a fool. Yeah, there've been times you've, you've, you've denied me. You've lived a life that matches those lives of these ungodly people around. Yeah, you know what? You've been foolish, but that's not what defines you. And this is just one of those times where God says to his people, you need to move past the past. I'm working in your life presently to bring you into a glorious future. I'll give you another beautiful testimony of this. It comes from a guy named Paul. We know him as Paul. We know him as the Apostle Paul. That wasn't his original name. His original name was Saul. And you know how he spent much of his life persecuting the church? Wasn't called the church at the time. It was called the way. They, they, they knew themselves as the way. And you got this movement in Jerusalem, thousands of people coming to salvation in Jesus Christ. They, they're, they're calling themselves a part of the way. And, and, and what we know is the church is born, it's growing, it's thriving, it's expanding. And there's this guy named Saul. 
I mean, have you ever been responsible for someone's death? I mean, this is serious business. And then this guy named Saul one day was confronted by Jesus. And you know what Jesus said to him? Why are you persecuting me? You know that Jesus takes the persecution of his people personally? He doesn't say, why are you persecuting my people? He says, why are you persecuting me? And you know what this guy named Saul does confronted with the glory of Jesus, what we talked about here at the beginning, right? Just seeing God for who he is, seeing Jesus for who he is. And when when Saul saw Jesus for who he is, you know what he did? He repented of his sin and he embraced Jesus as Lord. And Jesus changed his life and he changed his name to Paul. And then let me tell you what happened next. He was constantly being reminded of his past. The Lord said to some of the apostles, hey, I need you to go meet with this guy named Saul. I got a great plan for his life. And you know what some of the Lord's own disciples said? (laughs) Oh no, I ain't going there. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm not falling for that one. I mean, he was such a bad dude that even the Lord's closest associates were like, I'm not going there. They were skeptical of him and for good reason. Why? Because of his past. I can only imagine for several years, everywhere Paul, who used to be Saul went, he was met with a whole lot of skepticism. Wait a minute, you're the dude that had my uncle killed. Wait a minute, you're the dude that drug some of my best friends to prison, had them beaten. And now you want me to believe that you're with us? You think Paul had any regret in his life? You think he ever had voices of the past speaking to him? Well, actually we know that he did because look at his testimony here in Philippians 3. I tell you, I hope this encourages you. Recalling the past, I mean, you're never gonna forget some things. That's not the point, but not dwelling there, moving forward, right? In light of who God is and what he's done. And here's, listen, here's what Paul said. Just to, and I hope this encourages you. He says, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of like my final resurrection. In other words, I haven't yet arrived, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue my goal of the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And at 1 Corinthians 15, he says this about himself. He says, I am the least of the apostles, not worthy to even be called an apostle because I persecuted the, the church of God. This is Paul acknowledging I was a bad dude. The fact that God has now saved me and called me to serve him in this way is like ridiculous. But hello, look at this. I am who I am by the grace of God. And God's grace toward me is not in vain. And listen to me, brother, listen to me, sister, who's struggling with these voices of the past, this museum of memories that sometimes discourages you, reminds you of pain, or, or, or tells you that you're never gonna amount to anything. Listen to me very, very carefully. You are who you are by the grace of God and God's grace to you is never in vain. And he has a plan for your life, amen? He has a plan for your life. I promise you this, there are very few of us in the room and very few of us watching online who are as bad as the Apostle Paul. He had a past. 
But when he came to Jesus, all of that was forgiven. And he leaned in to his glorious future. And, and here's what we see with Paul, that, that we can be mindful of the past without being defined by it. And at some point, we have to leave the past in the past and move forward into the future. That's what God said to Israel. That's what God said through Paul. I believe that's what God's saying to us today. We remember his faithfulness and our failures, his sovereignty and our successes. We, we're mindful of, of the past. We're never gonna forget some of the things we've been through, but we're not gonna be defined by it. We're gonna be defined by this simple statement. I am who I am by the grace of God. And then finally, check this out. Then we're gonna focus less on what's old and more on what's new. And can I just give you a good word today? Our God is always doing something new. Don't you like to get new things? You know why you like to get new things? Because God's put that in your heart. He's made you for something new. He's made you for something that does not fade. He's made you for something that doesn't lose its value. There's a reason you like to get new stuff. It's because God's made you for something new. And what God said to Israel in Isaiah 43 is simply this in verse 19, look at this. He, he says, I'm about to do something new. Don't, 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 don't become paralyzed because of your past. Don't get stuck in this museum of memories. No, 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 no. He says, forget the past. I'm doing something. Look at this. I'm about to do something new. I got a plan and a purpose for you. Yeah, you've been foolish. Yeah, you've been disobedient. But I'm faithful to you and I still have a plan and purpose for you. And so lean into me, this God who is your king, your maker, creator, sustainer, redeemer, and friend. Lean into me and, and understand that I've got something new planned for you. Focus less on the old and more on the new. Less on what has happened and more on what will happen because you have a God who holds your future. Hey, listen, here's what, the, here's what the Lord says. Second Corinthians 5, this is the, this Apostle Paul again. Again, who lived this, right? He says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. You are a new creation. You are no longer defined by who you used to be. You are only defined by who you are in Christ. Your life is hidden in Christ. And when he appears, you will appear with him in glory. Our God is doing something new. And we can learn from our past. We can grow from our past, but none of us are called to live in the past. We are not defined by the past. We are defined by who we are in Christ in the present and where we will live with him in the future. And so if you don't let your past die, it won't let you live. So I wanna encourage you today, when you struggle with these memories, thoughts, voices, to lean into what's new. And, and here's how the Lord closes out his word, right? His word right here that he's given to us. Here's how he closes it out. He closes it out with something new. Look at this, Revelation 21. This is John now, John given a revelation. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. What kind of heaven and earth? New, new, brand new. It's never gonna fade, amen, right? It's never gonna fade, it's never gonna get rust on it. 
It's never gonna wear out. New, brand new, permanently new. He says, I, John says, there's a new heaven and a new earth coming for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and the sea is no more. And that's all holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. And then I heard a voice from the throne, a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is now with humanity and we will live with him. He will live with us and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. And check this out. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, pain will be no more. He's gonna bring beauty from ashes, right? And because of, the, of this, because of previous things, they're gone. The Lord doesn't, live in the past, dwell in the past. The Lord is with us, past, present, and future. He, but but, but he's, he's moving us towards something new, something permanent. And so here's how John wraps up this vision. And so the one seated there on the throne says this, look, I am making everything what? New, everything. And he said, write these words down because they're faithful and true. This is what defines us. And it's the devil's game to keep you discouraged and ineffective and insecure walking through your museum of memories. When God says, I love you, I'm faithful to you, I've forgiven you, I've hidden you in Christ, my son, and I am doing something. Get out of the old and get into the new. Here's what God has done for you. Listen to me. He sent Jesus to die for your past so that you can live in his future. Whatever you've done, when you come to a place in your life, when you ask Jesus to forgive you, he does. It's gone. You know what the scripture says? He separates it as far as the east is from the west. It's gone. He's forgiven your past so that you can live in his future. And I just want you to know, God has a great plan for your life. You are who you are by his grace. That's the declaration we have. And if you're here and you've never trusted Jesus as your savior, you never asked him to forgive you of your past, of the sin even in your present, I wanna encourage you today to do that to ask Jesus to forgive you, to come into your life, to save you, he will. And when you experience his salvation, you commit to live for him as Lord. I'm telling you, he will free you. He, he will fill you with the spirit, with joy and peace. And you will learn what it means to live a life characterized by what's new and what's next. In this life, our bodies are gonna fail. We're gonna fail. Others are gonna fail, but our God is always faithful. And he's preparing a place for us that's new, new bodies that will never struggle. New relationships that will never be broken. A new dwelling place that will never be corrupted. I'm telling you, our God is preparing us for what's new and what's next and it's glory.